Are you ready for the word this morning? All right. First scripture is in Isaiah chapter 43. It is going to be on your screen, but it is also on the YouVersion app. I'm excited to uh, entitle this message that God has given me for today, Decision Day. Decision Day. Now, um, one of my favorite events as a high school principal was um, Decision Day. We looked forward to it every May because it was where every senior would publicly declare and we would celebrate uh, them and their families for their commitment to where they were going to attend. Uh, whether that be a junior college or whether that be the university, decision days is a big thing in high schools and we celebrate our seniors for that. So decision day um, was just, it's just, this is where I'm going. And this is where I'm going. And, and I wanted to tie that in to Impact City here at, uh, for us in 2023 that we would say this is decision day for us. This is where we're going. This is where we're going for us to commit, for us to be uh, steadfast on what God has called us to do. And the first scripture is found in Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. It says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? It says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. That is a promise for you and me today. But when I look at the first part of that scripture, the former things, this, this is a very big category of our lives. It's a very big category because we, we tend to always go back to what is the former things. For some of us, we can reflect and say God has been good, and we no doubt he has, but a lot of us ha have mixed emotions because life has brought some, some difficulties. Life has stolen some of our joy, and life has stolen our peace. And, and if you live a while, it steals confidence, and it can steal your hope, and it can cloud your perspective and, and, and your vision for the future. And we can easily get stuck so many times on what has happened. And it just, it's like a fog over us for what the future may look like, truly. And, and all of a sudden, we just construct these walls, and we build these walls around us. Uh, our, it's a defense mechanism. It's what we know because of what we have been through. We automatically relate to what we're going through now as the past. And we have these walls set up because the hurt has been too much. And because maybe the offense that you have gone through or that you have uh, been dealt has been overwhelming. And our first reaction is easily to always go to the past. And the Bible tells us, don't dwell on the past. The past is like quicksand. For those of you that are imagery learners, it's like quicksand that it can get you stuck and it just starts sucking you in and brings you in. When I look at the book of Exodus, the children of Israel got out of Egypt, but they didn't get Egypt out of them. They were in a different place physically, but they were in the same place mentally. 
And can I tell you that so many times it's so easy for us to get caught in the same place. That while we look different, that while things may seem different, our mind is still where it was 10 years ago. And the Bible tells us that God wants to do something new, something fresh. But could it be that I haven't experienced what he has for me in its totality because I am still dwelling and stuck on what was. And the truth is today that we have a decision to make that will we stay stuck in the past because it is all that we know or will we embrace the new that God wants to do in us even though we cannot see it yet? Even though we cannot see it. Because for a lot of us, while we're stuck in between We're here in this place and our minds constantly go back and we can't really progress forward and move to where God wants us to be. And God is saying, I am going to make a way in the wilderness. I, I think immediately of a place that is so difficult to navigate through because it, there's just tall grass and so many trees and, and brush and all of this that's just taking place. And God is saying, I'm going to make a way for you right there. I'm going to make streams in the wasteland, in the middle of where you and I are today, in the middle of where we have been and where we're going, that we find ourselves at this crossroads with a choice to make. And I want to say Impact City is decision day for us. Will we go back always to the past or will we move forward to the new thing that God wants to do? Because can I tell you, he is faithful enough that I don't have to see it to believe it. He is faithful enough that I don't have to see it to believe it. Joshua illustrates this when he... he, commands the people when he tells the people. Joshua saw the people in a similar situation and there's a a choice that had to be made. And one of the last things that he tells the people of Israel in Joshua 24 and 15, he says, choose for yourselves this day, who will you serve? Choose for yourself this day, who will you serve? Because can I tell you, there's so many things that we cannot control. There's so many things that are out of our control, but we can make the choice that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We can make a decision. We can make a choice today that as for me and my house, regardless of what comes, what is, what was, what will be, we can put our confidence in the fact that we will serve him regardless what takes place. We can put our confidence in the one that said, I am the Lord, and besides me, there is none. That Impact City today, on January 1st, 2023, that we would make a decision that we will serve the God who made us. That our mind would be made up like the Apostle Paul when he said, For I am convinced, I am persuaded that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor debt nor anything else in creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here is what it comes down to that that is that it is decision day for us today and we can either say I'm going to keep on going to the past or, or I'm going to embrace what God has for me in the future. It comes down to this that we can give in and give up Or we can give it all to God and get going. We can give in and give up, or we can give it all to God 
and get going. It's our choice. But I can't make the choice for you. We each have to make this individual choice because I don't want us to fear the future. I don't want us to fear the future and say, what will the future hold? No, but for us to trust God at every turn. And there's a story that relates so well to the opportunity that I believe that we have today that's found in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And I love, and it highlights a particular passage in David's life. And I love David because David is is so relatable. David is so relatable in the sense that you see his ups and you see his downs, you see his strong points and you see his weaknesses. It's it's just like us. It lets us know that that God pursues us, that at at the end of of David's life, that at the end of David's life, we see God's faithfulness. And I'm so grateful for, for David, so many ups and downs. But here the Bible tells us that David is running. He's running for his life. And he's been anointed king. He has been selected. He has been set apart, but he has not stepped into that season just yet. And the Bible tells us that he is in a city that we know that's called Ziklag. And Ziklag is, what that means is it's a place of pressing. It's a place of pressing. And maybe that's where some of us find ourselves today, in a place of pressing. In a place of pressing to find out what's truly on the inside of us. To find out what's truly on the inside of us. He is in this place and and on his way back from the battle, the Bible lets us know that he finds out that the women and the children that he had left in the city have been kidnapped, and and the city is on fire. And all he sees is smoke coming up to this city. And 1 Samuel 30 tells us, And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David... And the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. And I know that a lot of us have been there. A lot of us have been there where you just can't cry anymore. It seems to be just one thing right after the other. Before you can recover from one thing, here comes another thing. And before you can fully get over those things, here comes another They cried until there was no more strength to weep. David's two wives. Parker was looking over my shoulder as I was studying, and he goes, David had two wives? I said, it was a different time, son. It was a different time. (laughs) David's two wives also had been taken captive. Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. And let me tell you why this is so difficult. This is a hard pill to swallow, because these are David's men. These are the people that have been with him through thick and thin. These are the people that are are here and say, David, I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm not just with you, but I am for you. I want you to succeed. And all of a sudden, you see this take place. They, They start turning on him. Because all the people were bitter in soul and each for his sons and daughters. Their pain had turned into bitterness. And we see David is at a point in his life where a lot of us may find ourselves. 
But I'm glad the story does not end there. First Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, uh, the end of it says, But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. This is one of my favorite scriptures of all time because nobody on his, was on his side. Nobody is there patting him on the back. Nobody is there cheering him on. But God was enough for David. And can I tell you that he is still enough for you today? Because there are times when life will bring us down. There are times where there will be no one around you and I to offer a word of encouragement. But can I tell you, if God is with you, that is already the majority if God is with you, that is already the majority. Sometimes, I, I just have to tell you the, the, the truth today, that sometimes I have to pick myself up, and sometimes I have to dust myself off and say, as the song says, oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song, because you've got a line inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Can I tell you that sometimes I have to tell myself, get up and praise the Lord. I have to make a choice. David made the decision to choose God. David made the decision to choose God. Can we make the same decision today? Can we make the same decision today? David strengthened himself, the Bible tells us, in the Lord his God. He didn't wait for someone to strengthen him. He didn't say, well, Lord, if you want to strengthen me, that's fine. I'll just wait right here until you do it. No, David knew that the Lord's strength was readily available for those who seek him, and he made his decision. That same strength is available for you today, but it takes a step from your part and from my part to say, I am going to strengthen myself in the God of my salvation. I want to challenge each of us today to make that same decision that we find ourselves in a situation like David where we have lost some things. Life has taken us for a ride. And it seems like we've been on a roller coaster for the past few years. And we seem like nothing can come together. And you feel like there is no sense of direction in your life. Can I tell you that you can strengthen yourself in God today? And it can turn a new chapter in your life. And it can be the turning point that you've been needing, that you've been looking for. If we make that decision now, if we make that decision now, it will be a defining moment, I believe, not just for the rest of the year, but for the rest of our lives. So I want to share with you four declarations. They're not resolutions. I, I'm not a big fan of resolutions, but I'm, I'm going to tell you some declarations for what I am believing over each of us for this year. And the first is this. It's going to be a year of total dependence. A year of total dependence, not on ours, not on our ability, but on his ability. We're going to de depend on him. David, the Bible tells us, he strengthened himself in God, and this is what happens next. First Samuel 30 and 7. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David. Now, what, what, causes, what caused my attention from this is that the ephod was not intended for David. 
This, the ephod was a, an apron-type garment that the high priest would use in ceremonial situations. So it was not something that David would wear. But the fact that he asks for this lets us know where he's at in his mind and where he's at in the state of his life. He says, bring me the ephod. He, he understood that he, did not, he could not do anything in his own strength and by his own skill and his own ability. He was saying here, I believe, that once and for all, I am recognizing that it is not about my ability, but it is about God's ability. This was David saying, I can't do it, but God can do it. And I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how stuck you are here today, that God can pull you out. He can pull you out. Isaiah reminds us in chapter 40, verse 31, but those whose hope, who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Another translation says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So you may be asking today, so how do I depend on him totally? The first thing is get in his word. Are we making a, an intentional choice each day to be in his word? Second thing is get to church. We need to be surrounded by believers that can encourage us, that can praise with us, that can lift us up, uh, that can build us up, get to church. And the third thing is get closer. Every day that we would take a step towards him. That it is not about covering so much ground in just a short span of time, but it is about take, making a, an intentional choice day after day saying, God, I'm going to do something today to get closer to you. And waking up the next day and saying, I'm going to do something today, and I'm going to get closer to you. It is about those intentional choices. So I'm believing for a year of total dependence. The second thing is, I am believing for a year of deep restoration. Some of us need this. Truly, wholeheartedly, many of us in this place are carrying hurt. Not just from 2022, but from years past. Some of us are carrying pain and disappointment and trauma. And we need restoration, but we don't need just restoration. We need a deep restoration. Look what 1 Samuel 30 and 18 says. David recovered. You see that? All that the Amalekites had taken. And David rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken. David brought back all. David brought back all. David took it all. David took it all back. Why is this important? Because some of us in this place has, have lost our joy. Some of us have lost our hope and some of us have lost our faith. And I want to tell you that whatever you've lost today, that the same God that helped David recover it is the same God that can help you recover it today. Take it back. David said it best in the 23rd Psalm. He says, he is the God that restores my soul. He can restore you today. I love 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. 
So how do we do that? I want to tell you, you have a, have a prayer target. Have something that you are praying for, something that you're believing for, whether it be in your marriage, whether it be in your children, whether it be in your spirit, what it, whatever it is, have a target and say, this is what I am praying and this is what I am believing God for. And then what do you do after that? You agree with God's word. You agree with God's word because I'm going to tell you it's truth, even though we don't feel it all the time. I'm going to tell you that his word says that he is with us all the time. But if we're honest, there's sometimes that we don't feel like anyone's with us. But his word, his truth always trumps emotion. Truth always trumps emotion. And then we have to agree that we have a part. You have a part to play. And you have to agree that he knows best. He has given us a promise that he will make a way in the desert. Isn't that awesome? He'll make a way in the desert. The third thing is this. I'm believing a year of divine clarity. I am believing for a year of divine clarity. That we would have God's eyes to be able to see. That we would be able to understand his plans for our life are greater than my plans for myself. Why is this important? Because the enemy lies in our lives, he lies in, he will whisper things in your ear to create confusion. Because one of the biggest ways that the enemy succeeds in our lives is to bring confusion. And, and one of the ways he tells us is he tells us you're not qualified. God, when he says that he's going to make a way, he's, it's not for you. It's not for you. You've done too much. You've gone through too much. You've made too many mistakes. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. His word is yes. His promises are yes and amen. And his word is true. Romans chapter 11 verse 29 says, For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. That means they can't be overturned. God doesn't change his mind about you. The enemy can't steal what God has given you. He cannot steal what God has given you. Fifteen years after Ziklag, fifteen years after David recovers it all, Look what takes place in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. He says, So all the elders of Israel came to the, to the king of Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed king, and they anointed David king over Israel. So let me put it to you this way: 2 Samuel chapter 5 was able to happen because of David's response in 1 Samuel 30. I'll say that one more time. 2 Samuel 5 happened because 1 Samuel 30 happened. Why is that important for you? Because I want to tell you, don't quit. Don't give up. God is faithful. And you will see the fruition, the fulfillment, everything come together that he has for your life if you don't quit right now if the worship team would join me as I draw to a close and the last thing is this I'm believing for a year of great expectation can I get happy for a minute I am believing for a year of great expectation 
I am believing and I am declaring a year of great expectation for us. Can I tell you that we, have, we can have great expectation because we have a great God? The prophet Isaiah speaks to the people of Israel in the 54th chapter. And he tells them this. They find themselves desolate. They find themselves without any hope. They find themselves in a situation of confusion and wondering if God really has something new for them. And the Bible tells us this in, in Isaiah 54. It says, Sing, O barren woman, because more are your children than that of the married wife. And what I see here is that just because it hasn't happened for you doesn't mean that it will not happen. And the Bible tells us this. That the Bible speaks to the people and says, Rejoice. Rejoice, O barren woman. Rejoice the woman that has not been able to give birth just yet. And this is what I, this is my takeaway is, can I praise God before it happens? Can I praise God before I see it take place? Am I one of the ones that has to see it to be able to believe it? Or can I have enough faith in the God who called me, in the God who separated me, in the God who sanctifies me? Can I have enough faith that he hasn't brought me to this point to fail? Can I have enough faith to say, you know what, God, I haven't seen you fail me yet, so I can thank you right now for what you still haven't done. Can I praise him before it happens? And after you've done that, look what Isaiah 54, 2 and 3 says. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right. And to the left, your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in the desolate cities. Enlarge the place of your tent. Get ready. Can you make room for what's headed your way? Can you make room for the great things that God wants to do in your life? Can you see, can you thank him right now for what he hasn't done yet? In Matthew chapter 9, the Bible tells us that Jesus went on from there and that two blind men followed him and calling out, they said, have mercy on me, O son of David. And when he had gone indoors, the Bible tells us that the blind men came to him and they asked him, do you believe that I am able to do this is what God asked them, is what Jesus asked them. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they replied and they said, yes. And then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you according to what you believe. And I want to ask you, do you see it coming together? Do you see it coming together? Do you believe it for your life? And do you believe it for your marriage? And do you believe it for your family? And do, be, do you believe it for your faith? Do you believe it for your finances? Do you see it coming together? Do you see it coming together? God took Abraham on the outskirts and he said, look up at the, at the stars and, and count, see if you can count the grains of the sand. And then he said, as far as you can see, I'll give it to you. As far as you can see, I'll give it to you. If you can see it, if you can believe it, not what it looks like right now, 
Not what it, not what it has been. No. But do you believe uh, that we won't dwell on the former things, but we will see the new thing that God is doing? Can you see beyond your circumstance? Can you see beyond your challenge? Can you see beyond the current dilemma that looks at you straight in the face and say, God, I choose to believe you. I choose to believe you. Father, we thank you today that you are not a man that you would lie. We thank you that you're not the son of man that you would repent, that if you say it, you're going to do it. If you speak it, you will make it well. I thank you, God, that we have a book of great and precious promises that bring us encouragement that are like fresh air in ourselves. So right now, God, we just ask. Ask you to meet us right where we're at. Some of us in this place have gone through trial after trial after trial. Some of us in this place have experienced heartache after heartache after heartache. But today we turn to you because you are the God that restores. You are the God that can make something new. You are the God that can make a way where there is no way. So some of us here today are struggling in our mind and in our spirit. Some of us are heartbroken. Some of us, our marriage is struggling. Some of us, our family is in a difficult position. Some of us here today, God, our finances need your intervention. God, I thank you that regardless of it is in my heart, in my mind, in my body, that you are a God that can do it all. I thank you today, God, that you are doing a new thing. I thank you that you are doing a new thing, God. And right now, we just thank you in advance for what you're going to do in our lives in 2023. Not only in this year, but in years to come. God, we make a decision today to lean on you. We will not lean on our own understanding. But in all our ways, we will acknowledge you, and we know that you will direct our paths. We thank you today. We thank you today with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe today's the day that you give God your heart. Maybe you've come today saying, you know what, I'm tired of living the way I've lived and I've come into church on the first Sunday, January 1st. I'm coming because I need God in my life. And you're, you're carrying shame and you're carrying your guilt. You're carrying your hurt. And God is saying, come to me if you're heavy burdened. Come to me and I'll give you rest. And maybe today's the day that you say, I want to start off this new year with giving my life to Jesus. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity right now to just raise your hand as a sign of surrender to him. And we want to pray with you together. 
We want to pray with you together. And we want to believe right now that God is going to do something great in your lives. I see you. Would everyone, we believe in, in community and we believe that no one should do life alone, which is why we pray together. And we're going to pray with you today for you that are making a first time decision. Everyone, would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. Thank you for dying on the cross and making a way for me to come to you. I give you my heart. Let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen.